Hello and welcome back to There's More to the History. I'm your host, Sophie, and today's episode, which is the third episode of our first season, is called The Royal Mistresses of France. I'm so excited for this because the French were notoriously slutty and it makes for a really good story. So let's get started, shall we? So, royal mistresses of France. Uh, all kings had mistresses, as we noticed with Henry VIII, and uh, men of the cloth also had mistresses, as we noticed with the Borgia family. But the thing about France was that kings had mistresses openly. In fact, they had mistresses so openly that it was an official title. Pardon me while I butcher the French language, um, but the title of official mistress to the king was called maîtresse en titre, and basically it guaranteed you apartments in the palace, uh, it guaranteed you king time, political sway, influence, uh, yeah, it was super scandalous, like, the king would be married and have his wife, but he'd also have his mistress. And his mistress was paraded around court and, like, it was not a big deal. Can you imagine openly cheating on your wife and the whole country knowing and everyone being okay with it? Wild to me. Anyway, so uh, the a little bit of context about the French because, as I mentioned, the French were super notoriously slutty. Um about 50% of the French population before the French Revolution was from illegitimate relationships. So just imagine that. 50% of the population was born out of wedlock or because someone cheated on someone else. So, you know, if the population's like this, why would you hold the king to a different standard? So uh, the first king who officially installed a royal mistress was Henry IV. And... The whole maitrice en titre thing lasted until about Louis the 15th. So from the 1580s to the 1770s, roughly, when Louis the 15th died, um, there were mistresses all the time. It was super wonderful. So just a cup. I'm going to tell you about a couple of notable mistresses. And then we'll get into my two favorite mistresses because those are the best ones. Uh, so there was a family called the Mancini family. The Mancini family had three daughters. All three of those daughters were official mistresses to Louis XIV, the sun king who built Versailles. So, you know, he banged his way through an entire family. Uh, the family profited off of it, so I don't think they were too upset about it. So Louis XV... Sorry, Louis XIV definitely got around, but no one got around more than Louis XV. Actually, all of the French kings were getting some on a regular. If you Wikipedia the list of their mistresses, it's like miles long. And that's just mistresses that are known and well documented. That's not even like the nitty gritty things. It's fantastic. I will attach it in episode notes for you guys. Um... But two of his most famous mistresses are Madame de Pompadour and Madame du Barry. We're going to start talking about Madame de Pompadour first, just because chronologically she came first. And frankly, Madame du Barry is a lot more scandalous. So we'll save that for the end. Uh, so Madame de Pompadour, or Marquis de Pompadour, was born as Jean Antoinette Poisson. And she was from a poor family. 
she ended up being educated in a convent, which was always a good sign. The second woman was sent to be educated at a convent. She was smart. She had access to information and could like would eventually be okay. She wouldn't be great, but she wouldn't be horrible. Uh, she ended up marrying very well at age 19. Her husband was very well off. He had a a palace or a chateau near Versailles. So she ended up being involved in a lot of salons and through the salons and because her husband ran in high circles and therefore uh, Pompadour did as well, the king heard about her because she was beautiful and she was very intelligent, which boded very well for her. So the king became infatuated with Jean and suddenly the king's mistress died. Jean had nothing to do with it. It just conveniently happened that she got sick and died. So he professed his love, lust for her, and uh, at a ball in Versailles, and sent her husband off. And uh, Jean Antoinette Poisson became the maîtresse en titre to Louis the Fifteenth. So the thing about being official mistress to the king is that you have to deal with the queen. And there was always this huge, massive tension between the queen and between whoever was the mistress at the time. Uh, Pompadour handled it extremely well. The queen obviously did not like her because she was the woman who was screwing her husband, but kept her, you know, they were civil. They were actually quite nice to each other as far as things like that go. Uh, So they had a very long courtship relationship whatever you want to call it. Uh, And over this time, Louis started developing feelings for her because it had been 20 years, essentially. Uh, So he promoted her to a marquise and gave her the title of Madame de Pompadour. So things were going pretty well for her. She was very political. She was involved in politics, had enemies. She was a very well-educated woman. And uh, she, the enemies thing was a problem for all mistresses because as the king's mistress, you were the one that he listened to the most because who wants to listen to their wife if you can listen to, you know, your mistress? Uh, she was unfortunately very sickly, so her health started declining. And after a few miscarriages with the king's child, of course, and just general ailments, she stopped sleeping with the king and kept her favor as friend of the king, which was like friend with the capital. She basically became his closest confidant and practically one of his advisors. He listened to whatever she had to say, which is shocking because women in early modern France had no rights. Like you couldn't inherit property. You couldn't make money. Nothing was yours. It all belonged to the men. So the fact that he was listening to... Madame de Pompadour was spectacular. She was very skilled at politics, a patron of the arts. There is a rumor going around. Well, you know, since the like 1700s, there has been a rumor going around that she did run a brothel for Louis after she stopped sleeping with him. Uh, That's never been confirmed, although I will choose to believe that because it's spectacularly scandalous. Uh, She didn't run a brothel for him. She just selected women for him to sleep with because she didn't want a new one to come in where she would lose her favor with the king because she wasn't putting out anymore. So things changed. The dynamic changed. She had to stay on the king's good side. But because she was so well-educated and so 
eloquent and skilled, uh, she quickly befriended Voltaire and she defended Diderot's encyclopedia to Louis and became friends with Diderot. So she lived a truly spectacular life. Uh, she's like a Kate Middleton vibe in a Kim Kardashian world, essentially. Uh, she was obviously she was a little bit airheaded and cared about beautiful things, but she was very well read, very well spoken. The relationship was extremely codependent. She had apartments below the kings and they were connected by a back staircase so she didn't even have to go into the public corridors of versailles to go see louis and he would didn't have to go through the corridors of versailles to go see her they could just go up and down whenever and they did this all throughout their friendship and relationship uh unfortunately though because marquis de pompadour sorry it's fun to say uh, because Marquis de Pompadour was so sickly, she did die at age 42 from tuberculosis, and her death was tragic. Louis was heartbroken. Most people at court were heartbroken. Voltaire wrote a letter saying, you know, I'm so indebted to her, my dear friend. How can this be? Dramatic as the French are. It was a very shocking thing because she was so young and everyone was surprised that she had passed away so soon um she kind of balanced out the court of versailles which was extremely nasty and nitpicky at this point and she kind of leveled it out and brought some grace and dignity back to it now don't get me wrong there was so much backstabbing you don't even know and i'm not going to get into it because it would take like eight episodes to go over one scandal uh, she had enemies. She dealt with them very efficiently, though. Very few crossed her and made it out alive. But she just brought sort of a dignified air to court. And because she did get along well with the queen, Maria Leszczyńska, who was Polish, uh, it just leveled things out. And it wasn't like super nasty political. No one was. It was super nasty political, but it was a different kind. It was more... There was a standard to be held, and that standard was maintained. And then, so, Madame de Pompadour dies, and then our favorite person ever comes along, Madame du Barry. Madame du Barry is Kim Kardashian, basically. Kim Kardashian got famous off of a, off of a sex tape. Madame du Barry got famous because she was a courtesan. courtesan. Uh, so, Madame du Barry was born Jean Bécu. And she was the illegitimate child of a seamstress and of a, oh my God, what is the word? Of a priest. Sorry, blanked out there. So, you know, scandalous enough. Priest knocks up a seamstress. They have a problem. They have a kid. Uh, she was educated in a convent, but she did leave the convent at age 15, uh, supposedly because of her beauty and her mother thought that she could make something of herself. As she, after leaving the convent, she worked kind of med jobs, selling trinkets, being a companion to an older woman. But then she got fired when the older woman's family realized that she was messing in the relationships of the older woman's sons. So she got fired for that. Uh, she was a very attractive woman, which is why she got as far as she did probably because she did not have much going on upstairs. Uh, she was discovered by a man named Jean-Baptiste Dubarry, who was a pimp for higher class 
uh, individuals and for the aristocracy. Uh, his nickname was La Rue, and she became his official mistress in his household and started working as a courtesan. Uh, so she had worked her way up and was had super rich and influential clients. So she was at Versailles on a quote-unquote errand, and that's where she met Louis. Louis became infatuated. Pompadour had died. The queen had died. Louis was getting old and getting lonely. And because he was getting old and lonely, that means he was also getting old and horny. Uh, so Duberry comes along. She's a young, hot piece of ass. And he wants to make her, make her his mistress. The problem with this, though, was that not only was Duberry not royal in any way, shape, or form, she didn't even marry into an aristocrat aristocratic family and the only way you can be presented at court was if you had a title so that problem was very easily solved and what ended up happening was that Duberry ended up marrying her pimp's brother which is super messed up when you really think about that so she marries her pimp's brother she becomes Comtesse Duberry and she is acknowledged as the king's official mistress at Versailles was not happy that is the understatement of the century people in Versailles were outraged Versailles was you know the center of Europe at this point all of the smartest minds were there it was glamorous and beautiful and people were everywhere and showing off and here comes a woman with no noble birth no title she was a prostitute and Versailles was mad Versailles was furious her reception at court kept getting pushed back because of the fact that she was you know a prostitute and now she was a comtesse living in Versailles with apartments connecting to the kings no one was happy about this uh but you cannot exactly tell the king what to do unless you want to get your head chopped off so you keep relatively quiet uh she Ended up did having kind of a friend's situation. Like she ended up having friends only because people were bribed to be her friends. Uh, Cardinal Richelieu was particularly interested in Duberry because he knew how much power she had over the king. So he was kind to her and helped her out so she would help him out later. Politics at court were wild. Uh, the thing about Duberry was though that uh, while Madame de Pompadour was super interested in politics and was a patron of the arts and was well respected uh, Duberry was not Duberry had no interests in anything political she was vain and airheaded she paraded her slave around Versailles on a regular basis spent four hours every day getting ready just to like walk the corridors of Versailles because she was an airhead and had no interests other than diamonds and sleeping with a very old and aging king uh that's okay whatever so Marie Antoinette arrives at court and she's 14 and super innocent she finds out that Duberry is the king's mistress and she's horrified in Austria you don't do that in France you do so instantly Duberry becomes Marie Antoinette's enemy and the thing about France is while everyone was super 
slutty. That's the way I'm going to phrase it. Yep. Super slutty. Everyone also followed a very strict social hierarchy. And because Marie Antoinette was the future queen and because she was married to the Dauphin, who was the uh, Louis XVI and her husband and the homeboy next in line to the throne, um, Marie Antoinette had to speak to Dubarry before Dubarry could speak to Marie Antoinette just because of the way royal protocol worked. Marie Antoinette was a little bit of a bitch and refused to do it. So drama starts because Dubarry complains to the king. Like, oh, she's not nice. She doesn't want to play with me. The king complains to the Austro-Hungarian. Uh, oh, my God. Austro-Hungarian ambassador. Thank you. Called Mercy. And uh, Mercy complains to Marie Therese, who was Marie Antoinette's mother. Marie Antoinette gets a very angry letter from the ambassador and from her mother being like, woman, what the hell are you doing? If you don't talk to the skanky mistress, you're going to get kicked out and get sent back home, which was a very, very real threat. So Marie Antoinette finally cracks after like a year and a half and speaks to her at a New Year's Day ball in Versailles. And all she says to her was, there's a lot of people in Versailles today. And walks away. And after that, the king was satisfied because Antoinette had spoken to Dubarry. Dubarry could speak to her now, even though they never did. They hated each other for all of eternity. Uh, so Louis XV was hella old. After he passed, uh, Dubarry had to leave court because Marie Antoinette was now queen and hated her guts. So if the queen hates you and the king hates you, you're pretty much gone. So she left, went to a convent where the nuns were outraged that they had a former royal mistress living amongst them, but it's fine. They got used to her. And then the French Revolution happened. And unfortunately, uh, her slave, Dubarry's slave, the one that she paraded around Versailles every day, yeah, him, uh, he snitched on her during the Reign of Terror. And Madame Dubarry, just like her arch rival Marie Antoinette, ended up being guillotined because of her slave he threw her under the bus i mean she really did deserve it so it's okay so yeah uh got her head chopped off died like everyone else did not end up being anything you know hot shit living the rest of her life out in the countryside uh the reign of terror and the revolution was not a particularly fun time in history so she did fall victim to it but uh I really hoped you guys enjoyed this episode because, like, I could talk for hours about this. There's so much political drama and intrigue, and it's so tightly interwoven that I feel like you would need a chart just to figure out who's where and what. Uh, but if you do want to hear more about that, let me know, and I can definitely do an episode on it because it's super exciting. Uh, you can get a hold of me on the website. There's more to the history.wordpress.com. And on there, you will find my Twitter, my email. You can get in touch, read the episode notes that I'm going to post for you guys with the link about how long the royal mistresses list was. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am officially bowing out and have a good weekend, guys.